0: Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers Podcast, I'm Fraser Wilson and I'm delighted to say I'm joined today by Johnny Lowblock, McFarlane and Mick, get it in the mixer, Gannon, to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we look back at that fiery League Cup quarter-final win at Livingston and Wednesday night and the world of words that's broken out between Steven Gerrard and Gary Holt. We take a closer look at some of Gerrard's recent selections and in particular the emergence of Philip Hellander in what now looks like a first choice central defensive pairing. And we turn our attention to match day seven in the Scottish Premiership and another titanic battle with Aberdeen. Guys, good to have you on the show. Good afternoon. Jonathan, good you are you there? Fraser. Hello, hello, are yes, you there?
1: Absolutely. Good What oh. the listeners don't know is that you're Fraser post-Croissian Wilson.
0: Uh, Dracula, I think. Sorry, explain that one, Johnny. <laughs> Stop that cross, Wilson. I'm not even going to bother because you'll.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think you find that I was called Mick the Wall, Gannon, after I be my goalkeeper oh, career. They called right. me the wall. We're, we're going there. Uh, there's more like the Berlin Wall, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was Polo Chest. <laughs> OK,
0: enough of the goalie charts. Enough of that. A good victory last night for Rangers. No frills, but as you said yourself, Mick, it was um, proof that you can grind out a victory when the needs be. Uh, you were at the game. Um, I'd say Stephen Gerrard certainly made his intentions clear with that starting lineup. He really wants this trophy, doesn't he? He wants to upset. Celtics momentum as early in the season as he can. What did he make in the ninety minutes?
2: Um, listen, I know that grinding it out is a kind of um cinnamon for it was a, a kind of below par performance. That's that's the kind of um the shorthand way of, of describing it, really. They didn't, they didn't play particularly well, Rangers, they played well in flashes, it wasn't a great performance, but you have to caveat that. It's, it's Livingston away in a cup tie. I mean it's 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 the old place, it's not not the easiest place to go. Um Gary holt has got Livingston running through running through big walls. Uh, they're really, really tough. The pitches we know about is difficult. Um, the style of play Livingston have is, is really tricky. I think a few Rangers players found it really difficult, especially the guys at the back. It didn't they really couldn't really cope with Lyndon Dykes up front and their kind of um, direct play? Um, struggled. Livingston could have a few chances. So the Rangers, it's a weird kind of game, because it could have been especially in the second half, later on, in the second half, Rangers had a good few chances to put the game to bed. Didn't take them. Um, Before that, Livingston had three or four really good chances to to get back into the game and cause a real problem. Um, But it was one of those matches that Rangers got there in the end. I think it was quite clear from fairly early on. They got the early goal, but it didn't get that next step to really get control of the game. The injury to uh, Joe Aribo um, knocked the game kind of on its side slightly for a while. Um, Never really got a proper foothold, never allowed to settle. Um and it became a kind of war of attrition in a game that had to be just seen out. Um so I don't think Steven Jerry mean that that chuffed with the performance, but I think he'd be delighted just the fact that his his team kind of hung in and dug it out that's and it, that's got a, through a it.
0: Semi-final spot, isn't it, Johnny? Yeah. We will come on to the, the, the flash points from that game in a minute, but just just before we do, what, what did you make of the ninety minutes as a whole? Well,
1: I would agree with uh Mick's assessment of the game there. Uh, the only thing I would add is for me this was the kind of game that Rangers struggled with last season. It's a, a defensive side who physically, powerful physically powerful, and look to put Rangers under pressure. And that, and that, and I thought they dealt with it reasonably well. They didn't play particularly brilliantly, but they they got through it. And that's now Kilmarnock They've got through against. They've got through against uh, Killie. Sorry, Olivier, twice now. So I think you have to say that there's, there's some evidence that even Gerard. Uh, has built a side for this season that is coming over the, the hurdles a little bit better than they did last year uh, with this kind of opposition.
0: Aye, I suppose uh, Aberdeen were another one of those sticky customers last year, so Saturday will tell us more on that as well. But before we come to that one, sticking with last night, the big talking point seems to be, and quite rightly, Ricky Lamy's 30th-minute challenge that floored uh, Joe Arribo and has ruled Joe Arribo out for certainly the Aberdeen game and possibly the next three matches Blood pouring for the midfielder's head, not a nice sight. It was certainly a, a robust challenge. Uh, Mick, you mentioned Gary Holt has got his team running through walls. Was this a naughty one for you? Stephen Gerard right to say this was serious foul play?
2: Well, first of all, I mean, Gerard did say that he didn't think there was a malicious intent with the challenge, but it was dangerous and merited a red card. It was reckless and dangerous and should be a rudder and off. Uh, I, I can't disagree with that I think I, I don't know if there was intent I, I watched it a few times obviously we eat one view at, at the time and you try and catch it up uh, at some point but I, looking at it two or three times I, I don't think there was an actual intent to, mm-hmm. to do uh, a Eribo as such I think but his eyes are always in the ball I think so, like, I think so. He, he, his arm did go it. up but he did when there was a kind of movement towards and it was a bad collision it was a horrible uh, one and danger- it was dangerous yeah. so it should have been off the park that, I, I, think, think it's, I think that's the kind of thing that deserves a red card well okay.
0: Serie's full play in the IFAB rulebook book. it's oh um,
2: well, this is Johnny's domain this is, uh, I know uh, I've,
0: I've had to write this down yeah. Dictionary corner i handsome. so I'm struggling yeah. here iFab um, corner
2: <laughs>
1: Well, I can, I a can tackle take over. or challenge.
0: Shush, hey. Johnny. Give us a second. <laughs> you've, you've got it written down. <laughs> Johnny memorised it. Aye, t- well, that doesn't surprise me. Johnny, rule book McFarlane. That's one of his other monikers. But ta- a tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent or uses excessive force or brutality. It's possibly the second part of that, um, that rule. Well, that, if you end um, up with
2: twenty stitches in your face, it's reckless and dangerous. So horrible challenge or, uh, in your head. So I think, I think, I think, she had a case for for that one. Be a red card. Um and he obviously wasn't happy with it. He wasn't happy with a with a few Livingston challenges across the patch yeah. and in the game at Ibrooks as well. Um he was he was doing a good job of kinda of biting his tongue a wee bit last night, but he said enough to to like get his point across that he wasn't he wasn't too pleased with with Livingston. Um and tabloid and tabloid language would be like kind of f- raging and fuming and all that stuff. Yeah. And if you can get a little alteration, a furious Frank or a, <laughs> last night was a seething Stephen Gerrard. Like, yeah. <laughs> in tabloid language, it was a seething Stephen Gerrard. Yeah.
0: Joy the third, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry to be so rude to you earlier, but and uh, and you come now. What did you make of that challenge? Is it a, a straight red card for you?
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it does fall under the serious foul play criteria, a challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent. Um, it's quite simple. If you lead with your arm the way that Lammy does, in both actual both challenges that he's involved in, because he's involved with one with Morelos, just a split second before. And he leads, uh, it leads with his elbow. Yeah,
0: he leads into the second one. I mean, I'm t- trying to play devil's advocate here just for the sake of debate. He needs that for momentum. Does he know he needs to, that leverage to get him into their... Although, I agree with you, uh, under the letter of the law, yeah, it's a red card.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just can't get away with that in the modern game the way the rules are now. It's just never going to be a challenge that's going to be acceptable. And, and as Mick says, it's, uh, the truth of the pudding in the fact that he's had 20 stitches. That tells you everything you need to know. It's, it's dangerous. And it's the kind of challenge that we could probably be doing without.
0: I know. Do we expect to see a citation here then,
2: after the event, Mike? Uh, potentially, I mean, there wasn't any any card at all. It wasn't even a yellow card. No, um, which I mean, but then again, if, if you're going to pull a card out, it, can't, it couldn't be a yellow under, be under, right. under those under the under Johnny rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so but I mean, potentially, I don't know. I think that you could you could argue against it was a, it was wasn't an intent there. It wasn't it wasn't dangerous. It was just like an unfortunate collision, I suppose. Which I guess that's what Livingston would argue. But I would think I, I think it was a dangerous one. It's going to be um, a, a
0: shame yeah. to, to lose the Rebo for a yeah. week or two now. But uh, moving on to other flash point, then, um, Gary Holt certainly plenty to say in Philip Hellander after the game and, and we'll come on to Hellander on a more broad basis in a minute. But the tackle on Lyndon Dykes, Johnny, um, was Hellander another one lucky to avoid the red card?
1: Yeah, he's very lucky because he's allowed Dykes to just nip in ahead of him. I've never thought of Lyndon Dykes as a particularly quick player, but last night, Uh, And and Goldson and Hellander made him look pretty quick. Uh, I'd be interested to see how quick he actually is against one of the league's more pacey defenders. uh, Or if it's just that Hellandor in particular isn't particularly uh, fast moving. This is a
0: concern for Rangers fans. Sorry, on you go.
1: Well, I was going to say, against Feyenoord, he got himself in a 1v1 against one of their pacey wingers. And he he actually nipped in front of him and looked, looked pretty pretty mobile and quick but last night I thought all the way throughout the game he was exposed and his performance was kind of summed up right at the start of the second half he thought here's a guy that's been given a blitz in at half time because under no pressure at all he dilly-dallied on the ball on defence and before he knew it had Livingston players on him he just turned and kicked it straight out for a corner for Levy I don't know if you recall that moment, but it just kind of summed up the way he was approaching the game and how much of a nightmare he had, especially, I would say, in the next, in the second 45.
0: It, it was night and day, Joe, um, Mick, sorry, wasn't it, from the final performance? Which, to be fair, that's him made three appearances now in six days. It's asking a lot of anybody. Um, <laughs> first things first, Mick, how did you rate Philip Pelander last night?
2: Oh, the shocker, last night. I mean, I don't think you can get away from the fact he'd a really poor night. I mean, um, there was that instance that, that Johnny was referring to. It was also one when he, there was nobody near him. He let the ball bounce up and he tried to pull it down and look for a pass or, or, or get out the park and he just kind of panicked and hoofed it again of the stands and just looked nervy and, and unsettled, I think. We touched on it, the Dikes gave him a night that he really wanted out of there quickly. He wasn't enjoying it at all. Um, red card, it should be sent off. It was a red card. Yeah. When you dive in, you, you beat for pace like that, get the wrong side and dive in, don't get the ball. You're, you've, you're, you're only going one place. places up a tunnel. Um, so you got away with that one. Uh, I thought it a poor night. I think you need to give centre halves a bit of time. I think even more time than perhaps attacking players sometimes, to because form a relationship. Att- yeah, yeah. I think um, to settle in to a side and and get their feet in, um, in general. Because I think an attacking player. You can get a ball to feet and beat a man, hit a shot, and it doesn't really rely on anyone else. All right, you need to know, you need to know your runs and all that stuff in possession-wise. But I think you can do little flashes like that, and you're going forward and get away more. You can early get away more. Early on. Yeah. Like if you're a striker and you pitch and you can get a goal or nothing. So you can get a bit more um, joy early on in your career. A new club, I think in a set half, you need time. You've got a, a back four unit to, to, kind of, um, to, to settle into and bend into. In um, terms of communication, understanding, the goalkeeper is there as well. Yeah, uh, I think he does need a bit of time. I thought it was good last week, um, but he does need a bit of time. Um, I say last night, I thought he did a, a, a poor game last night. I don't think Conor Goldson alongside them had a great game either. Yeah, I thought he had a, a poor night indeed. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it might be the, the, the effects of, of a busy week, but listen, they're all busy weeks right now. Um, up to international break, it's 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 foot to the floor, time. I, I suppose the game, big games are coming thick and fast, so they, they need to dig in. Um, the worrying thing for Highlander was that here, this is the
0: Scottish Premiership. Here's what you're going to be up against: with London Dykes, you yeah. meet Uchek Peju. You know,
2: but you've we've got seen to deal with having having early on the new clubs not particularly doing, looking great, um, even against modest opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, over the city at Celtic, you've seen. Um, um, Christopher Jullien and tortured by Don Fernlund mm-hmm. in the cup and and people writ, wrote him off as a dud and uh, take him a bit of time to find his feet. I think it's likewise, listen, he's a for big money, so everyone thinks right away he's a Rolls Royce, um, and I think it's a wee bit unfair. It's like like I say, for centre half it's a wee bit unfair because it does take a bit of time. Yeah, um, so there's obviously a player there, but not so much last night. But it, it's going to take a few weeks. Maybe may not see the best of him until maybe towards after the international break and beyond.
0: Yeah, Johnny, let's bring you in there. Okay, we've got four. There's four centre-halves we're talking about uh, that Rangers have at disposal. All very capable, at, at the least. Conor Goldson seems to be the favourite, obviously. Philip Hellander has now come in and taken his chance. Uh, two pass marks out of three in the past week, I'd say. Nikola Katich, bit of a fan's favourite. And for me, a quality big defender. But somebody that I really like is George Edmondson, who has barely put a foot wrong whenever I've seen him play. Uh, and a bit disappointed that he's actually fallen right out of the picture for now. Helander, I suppose, has the, the benefit that he's the only left-footer out, out of the four of them um, and maybe gives that natural balance. But for you, Johnny, do, do you have a preferred pairing in there? I
1: think it's difficult until you see a bit more of Helander to understand exactly what he's going to bring to Rangers. There was one moment last night that I thought was really promising and he showed something that I've not seen from any of the other centre-halves at the club so far. He burst out of defence and actually just dribbled the ball straight into deep into the midfield before slipping a pass through the defence of Livingston and onto Tavernier to create a good chance. And Rangers, when they're going up against these low-lying defences, they need a defender that's going to break the lines like that. It's going to come into midfield and start attacks because quite often Scottish defences are very, very well organised and having that extra man stride forward is going to give you something. But if he can do that, if he can add that, then I think he's going to be very, very important player in these kind of games. But I think, to be honest, Livy are, are not, as you said, Fraser, the standard. I think that the amount of long balls they play, the aggression they play with, I think that's a bit more intense than even your Hearts or your Aberdeens. It's really a focused style of play.
0: Well, he's got and Lewis Ferguson go- and Sam Cosgrove to deal with this weekend.
1: That's true, but I think Aberdeen's general style is not quite as physical, it's not quite as on top of you as Livy is, Um, so yes, those players will be difficult for him to handle, but I think the intensity of the way Livy plays, there's not many teams that that put you under that kind of pressure. I mean, I may be proved wrong, but I I think Hellander has got the raw materials there to be the number one alongside probably probably Goldson, to be honest. I I agree with you that Katic is a very good player, Um, however, I think him and... And together are a bit limited in terms of what they give you going forward. Mm-hmm. Great siege defenders, and that's why they've done so well in the Europa League because they're both good, solid, known ones defenders. But I think Rangers need something a bit more. Uh, there was there were signs actually, as you say, that um, Edmondson was that player. I mean, he's a good passer uh, and looks comfortable on the ball. Reads so the maybe, game really uh, well. That's
0: maybe... why I like in the defender. He re- reads the game so well. Seems to be a step ahead in the few games that I've seen him play.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he did perform well in the friendlies, but until we see him really through the mill in a competitive game, yeah. we'll probably not be able to fully know just how well he's able to make up that step up from uh, League One or uh, League Two, I think it actually was.
0: It's a good point you're making, Highlander, actually, because to be fair, and to his credit, he also played the through ball for one of the goals He's Fife in his debut. Um, was it Jermaine Defoe's goal? And then obviously chipped yeah. in with a goal as well. So, yeah, J- Jury's still out in Highlander, possibly then, but. A bit early to say. Um, moving on then, moving on towards the Aberdeen game this weekend. Uh, there will be n- no Joe Aribo, Let's start with that one. Um, do you expect Stephen Davis to slip straight back into that that midfield three, Mick?
2: I would think so. It would seem like a natural choice. Yeah, and there's a few injury issues now. Rangers even earlier in the, this time. There's a few um, guys out, but yeah, Davis is a guy who'll come in, no problem. I think I think last uh, last night was a night off for him, but he called on early, obviously. Mm-hmm. With with the injury, um, but, but it seemed like a sensible option. It's another another. Bit, I know you're talking, and Johnny's talking about you don't face that kind of challenge very often. But I think Aberdeen are exactly the same kind of challenge. Yeah, as Livingston. So and I think Hearts are exactly the same kind of challenge. You only need to read the the thoughts Aberdeen fans at well, the moment. Well, sick of their direct play. Yeah, but that, but conversely, that that's would maybe potentially be their best avenue this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at a, qu- a quarter of the league playing that kind of football, um, and it's, it's a style that maybe Rainer struggled with a wee bit last year as well. Um, so it's a big test. Aberdeen and Rinoa are not in great shakes right now. They've got a lot of injury problems as well. And, and the form is not that, cl- that clever. I um, thought what happened to them in the cup as well. Uh, they were be, be um next snakes, belly. But I think they do have potential problems on their side that can, they can cause. Um, I, say I, I I take Johnny's point as well a Big, big Holander as well. I think Rangers could do with a ball playing centre-half. I don't think Connor Goldson's that guy. Mm-hmm. I think distribution-wise, I think Goldson is... is Maybe a wee bit more limited in that respect. I think he has a good backs to the wall kind of defender. I think when, it's, when it comes to he's that's his game. Um, but been interesting to see how how a Aberdeen play it and how B how Rangers cope with that kind of that kind of threat because that's what's coming. Yeah. Did you know what going back going back to that defensive partnership question? Actually, it was exactly
0: this point last season. And I checked it. It was end of September last season that Nikola Katic dropped out. So history appears to be repeating itself here. That Johnny Mick. Either do you think this is just purely coincidental, or is this part of Stephen Gerrard's thinking here? And is it fair in Katic who's had a pretty damn good season so far?
2: He's a young guy, isn't he? He's a young young defender. He's not got time to develop. um So it might may, may be the case of taking him out now and again. um I think long term he will be he will be one of the main one of the main men. I can see that as a long term um, solution. Um, but. I, yeah, he's not done much wrong, but if you sign the guy for a lot of money, you expect to play him, and you, you obviously you can see how he fits into the team, like like John was touching on, maybe he's the guy that's going to bring the ball in, out, out at times, make that pass, get the, get the team out of the park, um, so you can maybe see the thinking, um, but he hasn't done much wrong, Kat, you're right, he hasn't done an awful lot wrong, but I mm-hmm. think, listen, it's a long slog of a season. The, the time will come We'll be playing games That's for sure 60 um, odd games Yeah It's a, it's a long way year. to go It's um, Ready to dig in For the long cold winter As well Aye So it's there's going to be Opportunities there That's for sure Yeah It's Long, long John season Starting soon <clears throat> Speaking of Long John Johnny are you still there? <laughs> oh,
1: <Yeah>. Excuse me? <laughs> that's something I'm never called for. Well, let's, let's not go there <laughs> That's not what I meant Come on Throwing me off track here
0: Um Johnny, Aberdeen this weekend, um, famous for the low block that you're such a fan of. Um, Rangers going to well, need to open this one up. Rangers going to need to open this one up. They struggled last season. I think they lost twice to Aberdeen at Ibrox last season. Um, what's going to be key here, Johnny? Uh, what's different to last season? How can they open up this Aberdeen defence? <laughs> well,
1: the key thing going to be the creative players. So you're going to need someone like Ojo to go and make a big difference. Um, obviously, the foe was there for the second half of the season, but he gives you an option as well off the bench if things aren't working out with Alfredo Morelos, So I would fully expect the start against Aberdeen, despite his propensity for red cards in the fixture. Uh, that'll be absolutely key, by the way, that he continues this run of excellent disciplinary form where he, he's just not been really getting himself into any bother. Yeah, which Of course, he won't is... have his
0: old pal Scott McKenna at his heels either.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a, a big uh, positive for, for uh, Morelos because we know those two rubbed each other up the wrong way last season, but I think for Rangers um, it's very important that they try and keep things really, really solid at the back. We've seen Aberdeen break on them quite successfully, score goals from set pieces as well, and uh, despite the fact Rangers have dominated the ball in these games, they've got, a, well Gerrard's got an absolutely terrible record against uh, Derek McInnes today. so It's something he absolutely needs to sort out, needs to to change. Uh, And the key thing for me is these players that he's brought in, these uh, attacking players, um, they are going to be tested. And if Rangers can get through it, then we can start to see things are really, really starting to look like there's been a big improvement made in terms of the recruitment and the the way Rangers are playing this season from last year. Whereas if Aberdeen go to Ibrox and get a result, I think it'll really, really deflate the Rangers fans because once again, it'll be... Are looking at a Derek McKenna side that comes in very tactically astute, will sit in there look to hit on the break. And uh, if, if Gerard falls for that sort of rope-a-dope strategy again, as he did a few times last season, then I think there'll be deep discontent among the Teddy Bears fans. Are
0: you expecting any surprises in the lineup, or do you think maybe midfield three: Kamara, Jack, um, Steve Davis, uh, again? <sighs>
1: I, I I wonder if he'll maybe look for uh, Andy King to come in, you know. Uh, really? I thought he, he looked okay in the game uh, when he came on against Livingston uh, last night. And I think that he would give you that box-to-box penetration. I think Glenn Kamara's looked a bit flat this season. Uh, wasn't great last night for me. I know he got the goal, was deflected. Um, wasn't a particularly good shot, to be honest. Um, and I just think he's looked a yard off the pace. So for me, in the kind of game that it's going to be, which is a bit of a maelstrom I would I would bring in Andy King and, and hope that he can give you that that box to box late run that, that they don't really have from you don't really get from Kamara. It's going to be a battle, so you he would you'll need to put in a fair amount of digging there. But uh, maybe he can just pop up with something. What
0: well, about the left chaps? Um, I wasn't overly impressed with Brandon Barker's first start uh, last week against St Johnston. Who do you expect to see starting in the left, Mickey?
2: Well, I mean <coughs> excuse me. I mean there's still an injured out over, over Barker as well. Yeah. Um you've got Arfield in there. I think um wide role, maybe not quite as effective at wide, but he can play that role. He's creative. Um Ojo, um I thought for an hour, wasn't really involved last night, uh, and then sprung to life and probably actually got a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Um he's got like he's got pace, he's explosive. Um, so yeah, um, it's funny that, that you think about all these white players that Rangers had recruited in the summer, and a lot of them have uh, dropping like flies. Yeah, with, with Kent, obviously, and, and Jones, it's um, it just shows that that all these these white players that thought they had to be hasty out on loan, um, it can turn quite quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think uh, make, to make call for a tweak of the play, you see Andy King. I mean, I don't know, is he is he fit enough to go into that kind of game against Aberdeen? who knows? It? I mean that's the thing he's not played an awful lot of football in the mm-hmm. last 12 months um, it's a big game that I think players coming in sometimes are surprised that the level intensity of an Aberdeen game as well they might not have heard about this rivalry that the clubs have I say rivalry in a kind of nice way of putting it um, absolute hatred I think it's, <laughs> it's probably more closer more <laughs> closer right, close to the <laughs> truth yeah. um, and I think everyone every one of these guys that come up from down south mention it they think blimey I never knew this was like this this yeah. game I know we've got the old firm carry on but this is another one that's it seems to be quite intense. So it is is it a, a, a gamble to put him into that kind of environment, uh, having not played an awful lot? I think it might be. I think it might be a, might be a gamble. But I can take Johnny's point that, that I think Kamara is technically brilliant. He's great on the ball and all that stuff. But a games like last night, when it's a bit ferocious, a bit frantic, a wee bit kind of hectic and hear him scare him, he kind of get lost a wee bit in the in the wash. Uh, it just it was a bit, a, bit, a bit mad for him. I think last night mm-hmm. um, it's all a bit kind of um, untidy and just. Right, it's scrappy That's pitch for you Isn't it? I mean, it That's a factor But it's also the fact That the players Bearing down on you Within seconds not no yeah. time uh, For anything So um, But as a player eight, I think he's a good Little player Especially can he, he, can, he can Create And get Wee passes And all that stuff And, and build possession That you need um, But he's not going To have much time Again It'll be a similar Scenario That he'll, he'll have Aberdeen players Tearing down on him Yeah Um so yeah, but I think I think it might be a gamble. I think King would be a gamble at this stage, chuck him of that environment. Right, a couple of things just to
0: finish off with, guys. Needing to wrap up pretty soon, but uh, first one, Eros Gresda. We didn't get a chance last week to cover that topic, but kicked his last ball for Rangers. What do you do with a problem like Eros Grezda? An expensive problem. Can Rangers recoup any of that money that they shelled out on him?
2: Uh, I would doubt it. Do you
0: think they should cut their losses and just? I think I
2: think it's, I think it might have passed the, the point of no return. I think um, I think even before the incident the other week, I think the patience was was starting to wear a bit thin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not really cut it. I mean, though it would be flashier here and there, but it might be one that, that the club have to write off as a as a as a dead saving that happens then again. Um, where he goes, he's limited the player he can go at this point in time in terms of markets, loan markets and all that stuff, I think there is a wee bit of interest in him um, from some of the more kind of obscure countries that are still um, available to recruit. Um, so I think, he w- I think he will more than likely um, he'll go. But, but I think it will loan because the problem with being that he's in a decent, a decent wedge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he might fall under the kind of bracket of an expensive mistake because I don't know if... I mean, you get the impression that he drives Gerard nuts. I mean, he's got ability, but has he, he got that kind of engine of desire. I mean, it, you know, we even saw him against Scotland for fifteen minutes. Looks brilliant, mm-hmm. and he's, then he looks as though he's blown at his backside, and he didn't didn't look particularly well. I know he, said, no, he did, was having fitness issues back then, but it just doesn't seem to have happened for him um, for whatever reasons. Um, and then this 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 recent incident has just put a tin hat on the whole thing. Hi, ah, so f- um, Johnny. Do you think do you think he's uh, under more hassle than
0: he's worth? I think is he almost working his ticket there with that incident over and <laughs>
1: Well, it's a pretty horrific sounding incident if it's bound to be the case that he's he's obviously done that. I know Steven Gerrard's investigating into it. Um, what you would say about Gresda is that he's shown, for me, absolutely nothing. There's the game against Motherwell where he scored two goals. Motherwell had lost a man, had completely lost their discipline. I think they lost the game 7-1. Um, Rangers were running riot and it's pretty easy to look like a decent player. would probably put me in that team and they would look all right. I'm steady, all right. Johnny. Mm. Steady. Steady. <laughs> steady. Um, but, but we're generally like at like
2: you know, six five at Malibu a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: McFarlane in the left wing, that's a thought.
1: <laughs> um generally though, he, he just offered so little. You know, seen him against uh, Hearts at Tynecastle where um he gave something of a shift, but apart from that, he just he didn't look like a player who was particularly quick, didn't look like a player who had a trick. Uh, no crossing to speak of, just very, very difficult to put together any kind of Assessment of what he could deliver because he showed so little at this time, and saying to yourself, perhaps it's too quick a league for him. Perhaps this is just not suited to his skill set. But, but there's no sense of what his skill set was. I mean, you look at Borna Barisic, and whether or not that works out for Rangers or not, you can see there's a player see, there. Right? You know,
0: Absolutely, got,
1: yeah. He can he can cross the ball. He's technically good. Um, he gets up and down the line. You can see that the, the raw materials about and why Rangers went from him from a scouting point of view. You know, as Gresda, there was none of that. Mm -hmm. Just look at a guy who looks completely lost. So I think he'll go down as one of the worst signings in the history of the club, to be quite honest with you. £2 million at this stage is a hell of a lot of money to be splashed out on someone that shows no signs of being able to compete (laughs) in the Scottish Premiership. Let's face it, it's not one...
2: I, One of the higher levels in European football. No, I agree. And it also, there's a, listen, you don't, listen, you don't know the guy's personal circumstances. He may not be very hard to settle. too. may not like the country, the weather. may we not like Greg's. You who knows, right? Um, but it does look a wee bit like a guy who maybe was not earning the biggest, biggest amount of money in his previous club, gets a, a decent contract at Rangers, and all of a sudden, well, that's me made it. You don't see any drive. You don't see that kind of that, that hunger. Um, <laughs> not for a think, sausage roll. Well, well I I mean, maybe it was just me, but you know, we don't see that. We don't mean we, we don't see that kind of appetite. I keep talking about This has got me Gregs. But I just I don't know if it's a guy who's maybe got a, a a sizeable bump in his salary and thought, well, here we go, happy days, and then whatever happens happens. But it's it's not worked out either way. It's just it's like it's the air of a, a dead signer my friend.
1: You'd have to say you'd have to say on that phrase of that, um, That's a major reason why Rangers didn't perform in the league to the way they should have last season because they, they brought in this boy at £2 million He was supposed to come and give them a spark in the wide yeah. areas and that's mm-hmm. what they were lacking all season Yeah. Um, the amount of games that they lost not to, not to Celtic but games you know, that just sat in against them and well, this was the guy that was supposed to provide the spark
0: Ah but then Ryan Kent surely just went into that position and provided the spark I can't, can't lay it all in Gresda's yeah, but, uh, door. In Gresda's door. You, you he certainly what, raises his question marks what, about what the what recruitment there. Yes, OK. Look, we need yeah. to wrap this up fairly quickly. One final point. And if there's one man who knows anything about football, it's the manager of the year, Jurgen Klopp. Should Rangers fans be a bit worried about his latest statement? Um, choosing Steven Gerrard as his successor at Liverpool? Or is this just inevitable? Ugh, listen... <laughs>
2: I, mean, I think he said something like, uh, if I get sacked tomorrow, the first guy they're going to call is, is Stephen Gerrard and Kenny least I think I was his comment. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's not going to happen. So it's not... Uh, I think I think Stephen Gerrard would actually be pleased if people would just stop talking about Liverpool for a while for him. And I think he'd be glad as well. if, if it, Right, give it a rest, the Liverpool stuff. Klopp's not going anywhere for a long time. Um, so therefore, it's not going to be an issue uh, in the short to medium term. So I think he's got a big enough job to do. And he, he's never given anything less than the impression that that's all he is thinking about the now. Listen, we all know... Nobody's daft. If the phone goes tomorrow and he want me to manage Liverpool, it's, thanks, I've enjoyed myself, but I'm off. That's yeah. just the way of the world. That's, that's, No-one's daft enough to think that's not going to be the case. But it's not going to happen for a long time. So, Johnny, would you like to come in on that? Well,
1: I don't know, you know, because there's been a bit of mood music coming out of Liverpool about uh, Klopp's contract. That he's not signing a new one. That perhaps he's maybe not happy with the with the climate long term. That he thinks perhaps maybe Liverpool are coming to the end of a cycle in terms of of um, his time at the club. He only spent four years at Dortmund, um, very very successful years. I think that's now. I think he's in his fifth season at Liverpool. Um, now I'm not saying he'll you will he'll, he'll leave tomorrow. Obviously not. He'll see it the season. I fully expect Liverpool to actually lift the Premier League for the first time in many, many years this this season. Um, But after that, you might think, you know, I fancy something else. I fancy going to Spain or I fancy a wee uh, shot uh, back in Germany. Um, Who knows? And at that point, you'd have to think Liverpool see the romance of bringing Steven Gerrard back. But at the end of the day, Liverpool are now a massive elite European club, thanks to to Klopp. He's brought them right back to where they should be. And whether or not they'll see Stephen Gerrard um, as the, the finished article in terms of taking over a club at that truly elite level, I suppose it'll depend on whether or not um, Gerrard's won the league, whether or not he's qualified for uh, the past the group stages of the Europa League. I don't, Johnny, I don't
2: think that matters a single iota down in England. I don't think it matters a single jot. What it does in Scotland. I don't Proop. think. I don't think so. Ben and Rogers wins three three trebles in a row, and the Champions League and all that stuff gets Leicester. Um, if, if Liverpool were interested in seeing Jad, it would be purely for the romance. Let's be honest, not hmm. do with, nothing to do with this in Scotland, nothing to do with. But if he beat Celtic, they don't care. All of you. You're talking yeah. about a, a company. Liverpool aren't, aren't it just a club, but a company run by billionaires from America. Like you, say, you touched on it, Johnny, they're, they, they deal with the Champions League winners. Um, yep. people draw lines with it, the Frank Lampard at Chelsea Chelsea have got Frank Lampard because they couldn't get a manager because they're in a transfer embargo just now no serious manager would take that job right now mm-hmm. so they get Frank Lampard in who's got the romance and the history and all that stuff that PR works job. for them just now Liverpool are the European champions right now different ball game um, so I don't think in the boardrooms of these um, New York offices and all that stuff that I think that the idea of having a, a, a club legend coming back in would it appeal it would be discussed at this point in time, but it's not realistic, I think, in the short to medium term. If Klopp decides tomorrow, he can't be bothered. I don't think it's it's realistic. And I don't think why does in Scotland will matter a single thing. I mean, if it, what will matter in Scotland is if, if, if Gerard doesn't win silverware in the next year, 18 months, then it might be under pressure at Rangers. But he could win the next six trophies in the bounce, and I don't think it would even register in the, the column uh, uh, on his CV in terms of Liverpool's um, thinking at that point in time genuinely don't think so But like it or not we I've seen it too many times
0: OK well that's all for the future <laughs> as you <laughs> said hey, before ironic, then I'm there there's, there's, there's a small matter before then of course of a massive premiership game with Aberdeen on Saturday and don't forget you can keep up with all the build up and action from that one in our live blog at record.co.uk um, for now that's all from us thanks very much to Michael and Johnny for coming on if you want to continue the debate you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well we'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers so don't forget to subscribe on ACAST and iTunes to get the forward as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there too thanks very much for listening